Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Season 5, Episode 112, recorded Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scooby Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. I'm coming to you a week early this time, as we're all set to head down to Grand Cayman in a couple of days for our Memorial Day weekend trip. In the past, this yearly trip has been to Nassau, but this time we've changed it up and we're headed down to Sunset House. Love the Caymans and absolutely love Sunset House. Also, this past weekend, we conducted our first open water certification dives of the season. We find that the latter part of May is the best time to take our new students to the ocean. I guess a lot of dive shops had the same idea. The place was packed, and it's a great sign for scuba diving here in the Northeast. The water's still a little chilly, but not terrible. Everyone had a great time, and we welcomed seven new divers to our ranks. Also, this past week, I made all my arrangements for the DEMA show. It might seem like a long way off, but November is going to be here soon enough, and I want to get everything all set. I got my plane tickets, and my room is booked. If you're planning to head down to New Orleans for DEMA, uh, the hotel block is now open. On today's show, I want to talk a little bit about an article that recently appeared in National Geographic by Carrie Miller. I have some perspectives on the five things scuba diving has taught me. But up first is Wet Notes, my news, information, and commentary segment. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, May 22nd, 2023. Up first, I want to tell you a little bit about something that's going on in the tropical western Atlantic. It's something called black spot syndrome, or BSS. So what is black spot syndrome? Well, it's a skin condition caused by a trematode parasite. Now, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Latin name. These parasites get under the skin or on the fins of the fish. They come from marine snails. Then they travel to the fish and ultimately end up in the osprey who eat the fish. I wasn't able to find out any information on how or if BSS can be eliminated. And then, and then I guess you can easily observe the black spot syndrome on pale colored fish like ocean surgeon fish. I read that it's pretty common in Bonaire and Curacao, so I went back and checked my photos from Bonaire and I really didn't see any signs. BSS has also been reported in St. Kitts and South Caicos. Here's another tidbit of information. Some some studies suggest that the increase in water temperature increases the spread. Now, there is very little that is good 
about the temperature rise in our oceans. Many years ago, in the mid-1980s, I lived in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. I was stationed at the Naval Station in Pearl Harbor. From time to time, we would make our way to the other side of the island, to Kaneohe Bay. That's where the Marine Corps camp was located, and they had a great golf course right on the bay. Well, now there's an, uh, another unique threat to Kaneohe Bay, aquarium fishing. Now, a bill to prevent this activity has once again failed in the state's legislator, uh, legislature, but the Native Hawaiians are not going to be deterred. Apparently, this comes up every year, and it continues to fail, probably because of the big money involved. Now, I was shocked to read that an aquarium fisher can get between $300 and $500 for a single yellow tang, and there's no restrictions. People can aquarium fish 365 days a year. Supposedly, you need to go through an environmental review and then get a permit, but we know how that goes, especially when this harvesting is so lucrative. We just need to stop taking so much from the ocean. Um, and as for aquariums, just go learn to dive. When you're out there diving, the whole world is your aquarium. Have you ever heard of Mr. Beast? Well, I hadn't until I was poking around the Ocean Conservancy blog and came across an article by Allison Schutz, who is the director of International Coastal Cleanup. Well, these two guys, are there's two YouTubers out there, Mr. Beast and Mark Rober, and they started this hashtag Team Seas, and that was modeled after something they did called hashtag Team Trees, and that was a program to plant trees around the world. Hashtag Team Seas is a program that they wanted to start in March of 2020. That obviously didn't happen then. But finally, they did uh, get to kick it off in the Dominican Republic a while ago, and they did this video introducing the program and their partnership with the International Coastal Cleanup uh, Group. And that's where they removed 60,000 pounds of trash from the beaches. So how successful has Hashtag Team Seas been? Wildly. They raised about $32.7 million in two months. The video has about 98 million views. The blog says that this is the biggest thing to put ocean conservation um, in the public conversation. Cleanup is, a great, is great and it's important, but if we continue to dump so much trash and, and single-use plastic into the environment, it would seem like a losing battle. We've got to figure out a way to turn off the tap. Back in March, I told you about how Fourth Element is approaching this, uh, the issue of turning uh, off the tap of plastic uh, and waste going into the environment. Now, they got their four pillars, zero waste, zero plastic, uh, no single use, zero carbon by 2030, and zero impact. But they're not stopping there. Fourth Element recently announced a newest initiative that they're calling Plant for the Planet. Here's how this new program works. For every order they receive, they're pledging to plant one tree. They're partnering with e uh, Ecology, E-C-O-L-O-G-I, and that's a project that supports reforestation programs around the globe. We all know the value of trees, and we all know the devastation caused by all these deforesting activities. Ecology has a pretty good website with some great information on their work. 
and they also talk about other environmental issues. Once again, great job to Fourth Element and their latest initiative in helping to protect the planet. Now, I saw a story that was reported by CBS News Online about how archaeologist divers found a 19th century quarantine hospital and cemetery off the Dry Tortugas National Park in the Florida Keys. I think it was part of the old fort uh, there, Fort Jefferson. The small hospital was apparently used to treat yellow fever patients in the 1890s and early 1900s. Now, they were able uh, to identify one grave in the sunken cemetery, and that was of John Greer, and he died on November 5, 1861. He was a laborer at Fort Jefferson when he died. Now, I don't exactly know why the hospital or cemetery are now underwater, perhaps sea level rise, but this is an interesting find. Spoiler alert, I'm going to be talking a little bit uh, later on uh, being an underwater explorer. Now for some commentary. I'm going to keep on my theme of how much pressure local dive shops are under from not only the manufacturers that we have uh, invested in, but also from the big, and I mean big, online retailers, as well as some dive professionals who don't get it. Here's an example. Over the weekend, we had a customer come into the shop looking for a mask. You see, he's going to be starting an open water course with an independent instructor not affiliated with our shop. That's okay. But here's what I don't think is okay. While he was in the shop, his instructor called him specifically to talk to him about his mask and how he should uh, uh, fit it and, and what he should buy. No big deal either because we were going to walk him through it and let him know how to, uh, to fit a mask properly and make sure that it was comfortable. Now, here's where it goes off the rails a bit for me. While he's in, uh, talking to his instructor in my shop, with the volume up so loud that I could hear the instructor, they start talking about fins and boots. The new student does need to buy boots and fins. So what does the instructor tell him? He says, don't buy the boots and fins from us, and that, uh, and that the customer in my shop should buy them from scuba.com. Now, I don't blame this customer because he's just starting out and is still learning. What is very disappointing is that the other instructor, instructor, knowing that his student was in my shop, is telling them not to support the local dive shop right in front of us. Doesn't he want his student to have proper fins and boots that fit right and are comfortable? Guess not. I'm relaying this on because, once again, this is yet another one of the challenges that small local dive shops are facing. But not to be deterred, we spent time uh, explaining the fit and comfort aspects of purchasing a mask, and he was able to try on quite a few masks before settling on the one that was right for him. He even bought a snorkel. As for the boots and fins, not sure uh, how that one will end up, but we took the high road and made him feel good about coming into the shop and leaving with quality dive gear that is right for him. Too bad his instructor doesn't seem that value. Well, that wraps up this installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. Several weeks ago, one of our local divers, Mark, who stops by the shop regularly, dropped off an article for me. 
He reads my weekly blog on the website, and he listens to the podcast, so he knows the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. He also thought this article would be of interest to me in my role leading our nonprofit, Scuba Educational Alliance of Connecticut. The specific article is from the May 2023 edition of National Geographics, and it's in their Explorer section, and that's the section for illuminating the mysteries and wonders all around the world. The article is written by Carrie Miller and titled, Five Things Scuba Diving Taught Me. The subtitle is, Plunging into the Ocean Depths Can Seem Intimidating, But Can Also Change Your Mindset and Your Life. How true is that? We divers know. Let's start with our first item. You meet the best people. How can you argue with that one? As a scuba diver, I have met so many different folks, whether it was at the local dive site, on a dive boat in the Caribbean, or from my very first open water class. I can remember meeting my instructor for the very first time, along with all the assistants that were helping him in the class. Little did I know, way back then, that one day, these very same instructors and assistants would be part of my staff at the dive shop. Just think back to the last time that you were on a dive boat. You get on with a group of strangers, and by the end of the day, they're no longer strangers. You have a bond. And guess what? You just might run into them again. You never know. It has happened to me. You look at someone getting on a dive boat and you think, wow, they look familiar. And it turns out, yep, they were on your boat last year or you were on a charter with them at another location. So yes, you do meet the best people. People that you will form long-term friendships with that will go far beyond scuba diving. The second thing on Carrie's list is that you aren't afraid of seeing sharks. Now, I'm not sure that's for everyone. I know some folks who get very nervous about sharks entering the, uh, a dive site. For me, I absolutely love being in the water with sharks. My first real encounter was on my first trip to Nassau. We jumped into the water at a place aptly named Shark Runway, and it lived up to its name. The reef shark circled up and down the reef. I was absolutely amazed at the power and elegance of these magnificent animals. I couldn't get enough. Every dive that year, I wanted to go back to where the sharks were. I still do. By swimming with sharks and then reading about the challenges they face, you become an advocate for this apex predator. As I said, diving with sharks is not for everyone, but it taught me not to be afraid of sharks and definitely um, wanting to be with them in the water. Next up on the list is you gain a unique perspective. Now, some of you might know, maybe you don't, that I write and record songs primarily about scuba diving and put them to music with some video, you know, video and uh, pictures. They might not be too good, but I have a lot of fun developing the lyrics, playing the music and all the tracks. Well, before I read this article, I had been already starting on my next song. It takes me a while. The first line of that song is, uh, is that's still being developed is, I've seen this world from a different point of view. Yeah, you do see things differently once you become a scuba diver. Some of my favorite moments underwater are diving on a wall, looking up and seeing the sun shining over the top of that wall. 
you can get uh, the similar feeling on land when you look over the mountains or valleys, but underwater, you're suspended in three dimensions, floating along without the weight of the world. It's definitely a unique perspective, and that uh, it's one of those perspectives that we as divers are so very fortunate to uh, see. Okay, so as we make our way to the fourth item on Carrie's list, you too can be an explorer. Well, this is a little uncanny. You see, the second line of that new song that I'm writing is, I've done a lot of things I never thought I'd do. I've explored the underwater world. I can remember my very first open water dives after being certified, and that was on the City of Washington wreck off Key Largo. I was exploring a, a piece of history. The City of Washington was in Havana Harbor when the USS Maine exploded. I've also been diving on the Antilla wreck in Aruba, another piece of history. There are a number of other dives uh, where I would consider I've been a quote-unquote explorer, but it's not just the diving. Scuba diving has taken me to places that I probably wouldn't have traveled to if I wasn't a diver. Little Cayman, Roatan, Bonaire. When you become a scuba diver, and I mean an active scuba diver, your world is never quite the same. It's better because you are out there exploring it. The last thing on the list is scuba diving may not be for everyone, but the ocean is. Not everyone is cut out for scuba, and there are a number of reasons why. But here's something. We need the oceans. We need healthy oceans, and we need to protect the oceans. I think the point here is that regardless of whether you're an ocean advocate, someone who loves the beach, snorkeling, or boating, or whether you have no interest in the ocean at all, we all still need the ocean. That is why part of our mission here at the dive shop is to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. It is vast and powerful, but it's also fragile. We know as divers because we have seen some of the impacts. Want more evidence? Watch Chasing Coral or a Plastic Ocean. They might be a little dated, but things are still pretty dire. Now, Carrie Miller, along with her husband, Chris Taylor, run a project called Beneath the Surface Media. Their goal is to use storytelling and dive travel to help conservation efforts by getting people out there exploring. Now, they have a new book out titled A Diver's Guide to the World, Remarkable Dive Travel Destinations Above and Beneath the Surface. You might also recognize them from their previous book that came out in 2019, right before the pandemic, A Hundred Dives of a Lifetime, The World's Ultimate Underwater Destinations. You can check them out at their website, beneaththesea.media. Now, there are so many things that scuba diving has taught me. It quite literally changed my life. From a novice apprehensive diver to a dive professional to a dive shop owner and starting a nonprofit to teach kids scuba. It has taught me a lot, way more than five things. I want to thank Mark for sharing this article with me and hope that all of you folks out there listening uh, will take a few minutes and think about all the things diving has taught you.
Well, that was an interesting article on uh, what scuba diving teaches people. Uh, For everybody, it might be a little bit different, but uh, it does teach us a lot, and it does change our lives. And I believe that's one of the main reasons why we as dive professionals continue on. We want to help those people change their lives through scuba diving. Well, that wraps up this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. Thanks again for listening, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more. Hard to believe by then it'll already be June. Until then, take care. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast supporting our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.